0: Hello and welcome back.
1: Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Real news welcome everyone so it's January 9th 2019 and we had an exciting day yesterday uh, seeing our president deliver his uh, first presidential address now I was actually very excited to see what he would have to say uh, but uh, at first instance, allow me to say that my president looked uncomfortable, right? He didn't look like he was doing his own thing. He looked very stiff. Uh, he was reading. And I guess it was more so that he wanted people to focus on the message. Another observation that I made uh, during his um, presidential address Was that he suffers from the same thing I do. So I have um, an issue with my my nose and my septum specifically. And it causes me to have excessive nasal drip if I breathe through my nose for whatever reason. So I'm what you call a mouth breather because I'm a lot more comfortable if I breathe through my mouth just like he is. Because, you know... The surgery would be painful. It's not 100%, you know, ironclad. So people just learned to cope with it. So you would see him when he was reading, he was aware, just like I am sometimes, that people could hear him draw a breath because he's talking and breathing through his mouth because through his nose it would just make it drip. (laughs) And so everyone clocked on to that, mocking him rather than listening to the message. But I just thought I I should tell people, you know, this is a a lot more common than most people think. Okay, so let me tell you what we're going to talk about today. So today I want to parse for this first half hour (coughs) um, the presidential address, his key points, and then the historical... Because it is historical. No one's ever said, I demand to have the same airtime as the president. Rebuttal. Creepy, gothic rebuttal from Pelosi, the crip Keeper, and Chuck the Schmuck Schumer. <clears throat> now, if people paid attention, they did a few things during their speech, their air quote address, if you want to say it. They gave people like me a lot of clues of what's really bothering them. They gave the mainstream media and the left the new word of the week. You know, we had chaos before, right? So now the new word is hostage. I don't know if any of you caught uh, the um, presser they had where they brought federal workers, you know, from, uh, you know, all shades of the rainbow to come in, from all walks of life to come in and tell you how detrimental this is and how one of them even had the audacity to say all federal workers are opposed to this shutdown. And they all use the same keyword, hostage, or being used as a pawn even though we all know that the reason we have the shutdown is because of the Democrats. But, so that's what we're going to do. In the second half hour, I want us to discuss the history of creeping Sharia. I'm going to take you back in time to the 80s up until today. And then we're joined by Laura Loomer after the top of the hour break where she will update you on what's going on, explain to you the uh, Wall Street Journal article about CARE lobbying with Twitter to ban her, and she'll also take questions uh, from the public. All right, so let's begin on this uh, presidential address. I am going to play for you the best part of the address, which is the last just under a minute part of the address, which is most important, and I think a lot of people missed it. So listen to this.
3: To every member of Congress,
4: pass a bill that ends this crisis. To every citizen, call Congress and tell them to finally, after all of these decades, secure our border.
1: I'm pausing it right there. Our president, during his presidential address, asked us, to call our Congress. Have you called your Congress? Because I have. Call them, call Pelosi, call Schumer, call your congressman, your congresswoman, call them. He asked you to do so. Call them. Next.
4: This is a choice between right and wrong, justice and injustice. This is about whether we fulfill our sacred duty to the American citizens we serve. When I took the oath of office, I swore to protect our country. And that is what I will always do. So help me God. Thank you and good night.
1: All right, so that was the end of his speech. And this was the most powerful part of his speech because everything else felt a little bit tight, felt a little bit square. He was trying not to show just how upset he is with their actions. He was trying to stay on message because um, many of us are like President Trump. When we get flustered, we talk fast, we forget points, we forget facts because we just see red. And so he did extremely well. Um, you know, he was trying to maintain this solid composure and mimic all fr- previous, uh, you know, presidential addresses like what you're supposed to look like. Uh, but, you know, he his message was on point. Uh, so I have a transcript of his uh, actual statements, you know, what he said to us. And I'm going to talk about how Throughout his address, he gave us facts and numbers. So he said, more Americans die from drugs this year than were killed in the entire Vietnam War. Where did you hear that? I think we mentioned that yesterday, didn't we? Every week, 300 of our citizens are killed by heroin alone, 90% of which heroin floods across our southern border, our unmanned southern border. In the last two years, ICE officers made 266,000 arrests of aliens with criminal records, including Uh, Many of them that have been uh, convicted of 100,000 assaults, 30,000 sex crimes, 4,000 violent killings. He then went on to give more numbers. 20,000 migrant children were brought into the United States. A dramatic increase. These children are used as human pawns by vicious coyotes. Remember... Facts, because if you fact check it fact check it, did you know that ninety percent of the women and children that make the trek from wherever they are in Central, South, or Mexico up to the southern border are actually raped? That is an actual statistic or sexually assaulted in any other way. This is the reality of illegal immigration. He gave you numbers. He gave you facts. He also gave you the answers that you need. We, he gave you a solution to the problem, which is we need to build this wall. Because the physical barrier, there's nothing better than that. As opposed to what the insane Democrats are saying is, no, 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 we'll just you know, use technology and fund te- you know people to find it. So while you're funding, 60,000 people at a minimum are coming through our border every month. Remember, that's almost a million. I'm just going to stop. So we already know the facts. No need to go over it. Our president did great. He also said uh, how this physical barrier will help and how this steel barrier uh, is going to be in place aside from a concrete wall. Um, And he mentioned it's critical to our security and not just for us. It's a humanitarian effort. And like I said, the end of his speech was the best part and his message to the people, the first lines of his speech were also critical because he told you that thousands of illegal immigrants are trying to enter our country and that we're out of space. We have no room to hold them, meaning our holding facilities, if we catch them, are at capacity. That means we are unable to assist them or house them or clothe them or provide the medical attention on our dime while they wait to be processed and be put through immigration court. Whitaker said that we have a lot of, you know, immigration judges down there. They're expediting everything, but still the rate that they're coming in is just way too much. We, as a country, welcome millions upon millions lawful immigrants into our country to contribute to our economy. We are a nation built by immigrants. We are not a nation built by illegal immigrants that come here hoping to get something done. And I was very proud that he pointed out that the... um. A Latino and African-American community are the most impacted. So that's that on his. But now let's parse Pelosi's and Schumer's, where they began their speech in a very somber tone. First of all, before we talk about what they said, let's take a look at how they looked. It looked as if they were like prisoners, as if they were themselves being held hostage by someone to, to do this, to say this. So it gives an indication that there's something that is hurting right now. Really, really bad that we cannot see, but their speech was very telling and I will parse it with you. But if you notice a lot of us, including myself, the first thing when we saw them was think of American Gothic. American Gothic um you know was a, was a painting that was done i think in the 30s right And so this guy supposedly um, found this house. um, Was it Iowa or Nebraska? I I have to say it's Iowa. And uh, he painted a picture. Um, The artist's actual sister is the one that he modeled off of, you know, in your traditional Americana and the pitchfork. And then um, I think the guy was like a doctor or dentist that was like uh, flanking uh, the woman in the picture. I tweeted out that picture. And again, Uh, last night with the phone number for everyone to call Congress. So anyway, uh, when... Grant Wood, who painted this, when he did it, he said, oh, it wasn't, like, really specific. I mean, you know, it doesn't mean that they were farmers. And, indeed, when I looked at the picture the first time, that painting, when I saw it, I was like, "Um, there's something really dubious and dark. And this is why it's coined Gothic America. Because do you know what the word Gothic is actually defined as? People would say it has to do with um, pertaining to our architecture that originates from france right with the pointed arches um and you know it reminds people of that era the middle ages i would say um but when it comes through to the more solid language of uh I would say Greek or Latin, um, Gothic is seen as something um, dark and uh, creeping evil uh, because of, you know, the dark ages. So, you know, I know that the actual word is, you know, Germanic, I would say, um, but the definition of it always has this dark sense to it. So imagine when they came on, it looked extremely dark, extremely creepy, didn't it? And everyone, because I thought I was the only one that saw that, I was like making my GIF and doing my thing. And then I posted online. And I went, whoa, everybody else did the same thing. They swapped the picture, put the pitchfork, other people just superimposed it. So it wasn't just me. Which means that everyone read a very nefarious, uh, you know, dark, Luciferian feel to it, didn't it? It felt super creepy. And um, all of America felt it. Because we saw all of America tweeting the same photo. So... As she started, as Pelosi started saying, I appreciate the opportunity to speak directly to the American people tonight. So keep in mind what happened. The presidential address, which means it goes through every airway publicly owned, no matter what, private can choose, I guess, now, (laughs) Um, everybody gets to listen. Never, ever, in the history of forever, ever, ever, has a political party imposed... Their speeches on the people. Yet, for the first time, this was done. This speaks volumes to just how in the same bed they all are. So let's start how she stated the president has chosen fear. We want to start with facts. So I tweeted this morning, well, Pelosi, the fact is, is that this is a humanitarian crisis. The fact is, is that children and women are being trafficked. The fact is, on their way there, they're being raped, sexually harassed, even murdered. Some of them don't make it to the border. That's a fact too. The fact is that tons of drugs are entering our country through that border. The fact is that children that are kidnapped from our country are trafficked out to the rest of the world to be sold. And that's a fact. The fact is we don't have the facilities anymore to keep these people. So what do you, you want to keep it open? So what we catch and release them? The fact is they are killing our economy. The fact is that they are spilling American blood. And yes, these facts are really, really scary when you realize that the terrorists are also coming through the southern border. So the facts is what the president delivered in numbers and justified those numbers and statements, which are extremely scary for every American citizen. The facts are scary, Nancy. Those are the facts. So here's where she states that the president is fear-mongering, even though we all know that the Democrats use that card themselves. Uh, Fear-mongering, threatening, violence, you know, and everything else. And I want you to keep in mind, how we all see now what i said weeks ago which alexandria ocasio is insane but she is the biggest threat to our democracy having been elected and we'll revisit that next week i promise now so she said we're going to focus on the facts so she started every statement with the fact is and she said on this ver- on on the very first day of this congress the house democrats passed Senate Republican legislation to reopen government and fund smart, effective border security solutions. But the president is rejecting these bipartisan bills, which would reopen the government. Again, we see the word reopen the government, okay? This is just her first paragraph, right, of speech, her first, you know, point, Reopen the government over his obsession with forcing American taxpayers to waste billions of dollars of an expensive, ineffective wall, a wall he always promised Mexico would pay for. And when she said that, she was smirking like, huh, Mexico ain't paying for it, and I'm going to tell them that they're not. So she mentioned that. The first thing they did was try to reopen the government. She reinforced about reopening the government and then took a slight jab at the president. Then she goes on to say, the fact is President Trump has chosen to hold hostage critical services for health, safety, and well-being of the American people and withhold the paychecks of 800,000 innocent workers across the nation, many of them veterans. Hold on. No, the veterans have not been affected. Um, Maybe the veterans are the people that have the jobs in these specific organizations that they're so butthurt about. And keep in mind, this partial shutdown has absolutely no significant effect on how we operate as a government, except – you know, the parks, right? So museums are shut down because you can lock them. So they're diverting, you know, funds and people to those that are open. Um, You know, they're losing revenue in our parks, like for Yosemite or whatever, to take tickets and stuff. Uh, You know, that's not a really big deal. Then they're saying, and here's where I want you guys to pay attention. You know, they're talking about the issues because they came up on TV today that um, they're the federal correctional workers are having a problem or it's just the corrections and TSA. Now, TSA really doesn't have a problem. But for some reason, we've seen a really creepy spike in people calling in sick or not turning up for work. And the mainstream media is purporting that, you know, oh, it's flu season or maybe they just need to get side jobs. So it's really important that we pay attention further. Keep that in mind while I read off the rest of the things she's saying. So the second point that she made was, again, talking about the government shutdown. It has nothing to do with security. Nothing to do with She's talking about the government shutdown. She is addressing the nation, and she's talking about the government shutdown. Her next main point is, the fact is, we all agree that we need to secure our borders while honoring our values. Which values? What are your values? You don't expect to just say that word and not define it, but she did. She said, infrastructure and roads at our port of entry. So what does she want to do? Line them with gold? It's not like the child trafficker, the drug trafficker, the, the terrorist... Or the criminal that committed murder in their country coming over here is going to take the road. But this is what she said. And she said, we can install new technology to scan cars and trucks for drugs coming into our nation. We already have most of that stuff in there. And... Yeah, she's right. We need to beef it up at the ports of entry, but no one is going to go through a port of entry when they're coming in here for nefarious and illegal reasons or trafficking children or trafficking women, trafficking men, trafficking drugs, trafficking guns, bombs, terrorists. These people do not go through the port, Pelosi. So pay attention to how disconnected her responses and then she said we'll fund more innovation so let's just spend money right to detect unauthorized crossings how are you going to detect it drones like i said what are they going to do shoot them out of the sky or say oh here they are and they follow them so they can't just shoot the you know multi-million dollar drone out of the sky while we try to dispatch someone to wherever they are To get them. Are are we insane? Like, when they say these things, do they think? Obviously not. Because from their positioning and the way they stood and the way they spoke, they are told to say this. Who is guiding them? We will find out. Next point she made is that the women and children at the border are not a security threat. They are a humanitarian challenge. So she understands that there's women and children at the border and it's a challenge. And a challenge that President Trump's own cruel and counterproductive policies have deepened. How is it cruel? By telling them they can't come in because we've been clothing them, housing them. We sent more medical professionals down there to assist than anyone else. What is she talking about? This is a blatant lie. Now here's where her closing point is. Referring back to the first two points. So she made five points during her speech. Two about the government shutdown and two of them that were ridiculous, right? Oh, we're going to line the streets with gold coming to our port because that's where every criminal is going to go through. And, oh, we're going to fund technology. You know, in the meantime, all these people are going to be coming by because if we have drones, it's not like they can have countermeasures, really. So now here's the closing. She said, and the fact is, President Trump must stop holding the American people Hostage, again, referencing the shutdown, and must stop manufacturing a crisis and reopen the government. Ha! So that's the pain point. That is the pain point Pelosi has, that we have shut down the government. So she didn't come to the nation to say, oh, no, he's lying. We don't have tons and billions of drugs coming through. Oh, no, 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 he's lying. They're not child traffic or human trafficking. Oh, no, he didn't. uh, He's not lying about the She could have called him out if he was wrong, but she didn't because that's not her objective because she has no leg to stand on. Because people are not stupid. They know exactly what's going on. And the leftists are starting to say, you know, a wall may not be so bad. You know, as long as we allow people that come to our border to come in. Sure. And I'm pretty sure that's exactly what's going to happen. If you see a family or a straggling guy or an unaccompanied minor come up to your port and ask for asylum, you're going to take them in. After the break, we'll talk about Schumer and creeping Sharia. Sharia.
6: one 80 707
5: Hey, this is Leonora Crovota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus it's machine washable and dryable. My pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My pillow is is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1 800 961 9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's 1 800 961 9194, promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own.
1: For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world is
2: mypillow.com
1: Okay, and welcome back for the second part of uh, the Tory Says Show. Remember, you can DM me um, on Twitter at Tori underscore says or on Gab Tori underscore says. Um, now, I want us to parse through Schumers before uh, we start talking about something else. But again, uh, here's where it's, it's different than Pelosi's. Schumers was more about, and this is where this schmuck decides to attack our president when he has the platform of all American citizens listening. So after hearing President Trump not take any attacks against the Democrats, present facts, give them examples, demonstrate the issues at hand, we had Pelosi trying to refute the word fact and Call it fear because the facts that he presented are extremely scary and that's true and facts are scary. But Schumer on the other hand was all about attacking the president of the United States on a national platform. And again, doing exactly what Nancy Pelosi did reinforce that he needs to stop the shutdown, which means this shutdown is hurting the Democrats. The Deep State, the DC Mafia, and their industries. And I am collecting all this information right now, putting it together to present it to you. And when I do, it's going to be explosive because I'm finding a really common pattern, and maybe it might be that aha moment for you when we go through Schumer's. So Schumer started saying, um, we address you tonight for one reason, the president of the United States has failed to get Mexico to pay for the wall, okay? So here's another jab, he says it's an unnecessary border wall, it's unnecessary to build a wall, we don't need sovereignty, we don't need to stop criminals from coming through our unmanned border in killing American citizens who would be alive today if they weren't able to sneak past, and they don't even have to sneak, they just walk on through our border. Unable to convince the Congress or the American people to foot the bill, $20 million raised on GoFundMe doesn't prove that there are Americans that are willing to foot the bill. You know what? The IRS is shut down, so, you know... <laughs> No one's getting refunds. I mean, I haven't seen one in like forever, but no one's getting refunds. So why don't we, when the IRS decides to open, they allow and put down for us to take part of our, you know, refunds to go to, um, you know, politicians or, uh, you know, the Democratic Party or the Republican Party, right, which is really weird. I don't see why a tax authority would ask you to provide money um, defining, you know, if you're supporting the Democratic or Republican Party, but maybe – they can have a check mark saying hey here tick this if you want to um you know pay into the wall uh you know maybe we should lobby for that but anyway so keep going he's saying that the american people don't want the wall and neither does congress you know his congress right <clears throat> because the previous congress did so He said, we don't govern by temper tantrums. So he's trying to say that our president is just being pissy about this. You know, it's not like there's a real issue. And that he even said he shouldn't, you know, no president should pound the table and demand. Wow. Talk about demeaning your president on a national platform and you think people will start listening to you. No way. And he says, it's hurting millions of Americans. Who are treated as leverage. Here we go. Government shutdown. And he says throughout his debate, there was no debate. He addressed the country. He didn't debate. You're the one debating your president when no one's holding a debate with you. And the presidency, he says, he appealed to fear, not facts. No, he appealed to show the people that the facts are scary. Division, not unity. I'm sorry. It's your party that's asking for all black graduations, all Muslim schools. You know, uh, if that's not division, I don't know what is. And he says that the Democrats and the presidents both want stronger border security, but they don't. So I don't see how this is working. Then he starts with the shutdown again. Obvious solution, separate the shutdown for the arguments over border security. Huh. And then he's like, we need to reopen the government while allowing debate. Huh, hurting millions of Americans over policy difference. They're about to miss a paycheck. I thought Ocasio said people already missed three weeks' worth of paychecks. Remember that lie she tweeted out? Told you she was dangerous, and it got like 75,000 likes. It's insane. 75,000 Americans are freaking stupid. The first missed paycheck is coming up on the 15th. And if you hear about a TSA agent complaining... You know, the ones that are on an hourly wage that are not cleared through the Department of Homeland Security have full clearance and get paid on federal payroll. And these are contractors that are paid by the private companies that own these airports. It's BS too. So anyway, um, there's an obvious solution, he says. You separate – The the shutdown. You um, stop holding these people, uh, you know, hostage. Uh, They can't get mortgages. They can't buy a new house. Uh, Farmers and small businesses won't get loans. Okay, they can wait. When you buy a house, you wait, and you can wait because it'll be worth your while. Just wait. Banks are out there, Citibank, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, all these big ones are like, hey, we'll work with you if you're missing payments and stuff like that. Because you know what happens at the end of a shutdown? You get a big fat lump. Some It happened to me when it was shut down for 60 days for some, you know, I got my, uh, my, I had submitted my invoice to get paid and it was delayed uh, 12 weeks and they paid me a 12% interest rate on each day it was delayed. That was pretty insane. I wasn't expecting it, but it was pretty insane. This is what happens during shutdowns. And it was Christmas for me, you know, three months late, but it was Christmas for me because I had an extra couple grand that I wasn't expecting. So it says, you know, he says again that, um, you know, uh, he's manufacturing a crisis. I don't know how he can manufacture children being trafficked, drugs being trafficked, people being murdered, stabbed, killed, beheaded in our country. But he's manufacturing it. Um, He's trying to invoke fear again. This is what he's saying. And divert attention to the turmoil in his administration. You mean the turmoil at the deep state. His administration is doing just fine. He knows exactly what he's doing. And then he closes it with the words, reopen the government, end the shutdown a few times. But he said that the wall would be ineffective. Huh. So if it's ineffective, give me the effective solution. And then he said... Our symbol of America should be defined by the Statue of Liberty, which, by the way, isn't even American. And if you know the history of it, it was being auctioned off. There was only a hand, and Boston wanted it. And the only reason New York got it is because they were jealous that the elites in Boston were getting it. So people, do your homework, right? The Statue of Liberty isn't something that you should tear about. It was just money. It was an artist peddling money, and it was a bunch of rich people that were jealous that the other person was going to get it. For real, that's the story. But you know, when Pelosi and and, and this cryptkeeper and, and, and this schmuck are talking, they're not talking to Americans that have the sense to see past the BS. To see past the fact that their air quote rebuttal to a debate that was never a debate, it was a presidential address. Had nothing to do with the facts, nothing to do about protecting them, nothing to address the situation of the crises that are happening, but all about, hey, you need to open up the government. Hey, you know, he's just orange man bad. Hey, we hate Trump. Hey, we say no. When, you know, they have a history of supporting border protection, now they suddenly decide not to because it's Trump and From their body language, I can tell you, they did not want to do this. They did not look comfortable. They came out gothic because they were. It was nefarious. It was set up. It was dark. It was forced. It was very forced. So, on that note, let's just remember, President Trump is getting this wall. They can do cartwheels, they can foam at the mouth, they can cry about it, but this is happening. Now before we enter into our updates from Laura Loomer, which I think uh, uh, during the break I got a text from her saying that she has a a meeting coming up. So she will be on air for the first half hour. So I will open the lines immediately upon the break. Now I'm going to play for you. A clip from 1989.
7: I'm very happy that I was asked to speak today about
1: I'm going to play a clip from you, sorry, from 1989. 1989, I'm taking you back to 1989 so you can listen to one of the biggest threats we've allowed to fester in our country that should be at the top of every news feed that should be on every front newspaper. And it's been in the news for over 20 years of people screaming and shouting and doing pieces on it and reporting on it. And it's here and it's dangerous. And now they're in Congress and no one's still listening. Now listen to this
7: education, because I believe that education is one of the most important areas that Muslims have to address. And while our objective, our final objective, is not just to become part of the system that we experience now and that we see, our objective, our final objective, is to create our own Islamic systems and not only create Islamic systems for Muslims, but to look at all the other people who are sharing this country with us as potential Muslims. And if we look at them as potential Muslims and feel that we have the obligation which Allah has told us to try to bring them into the same style of thinking, into the same uh, way of behaving, into the same objectives that we have, then we have to have some way that we can communicate with them and some way we can work with them. And in that long-range process of making America Muslim, all of America Muslim, then we have to have some actual short-range goals. We have to have some way of dealing with them and know how we're going to deal with them and in which ways and be very calculated about it or else we will not accomplish our goals.
1: So how did it feel listening to that? I'm actually retweeting uh, the video on Twitter. For those of you that follow me on Twitter, at Tori Underscores says uh, you can find that video yourself. It's from 1989. 1989, that's how far back it was. And now we're going to talk about Sharia and how Sharia law needs to be implemented. And this is super huge. This was actually on Fox News uh, back eight years ago in 2011, almost eight years, a month, just a month short of of, of eight years ago. Listen to this.
0: called Americans criminals during a recent appearance on our
8: Hannity show. Your viewers will see through your lies and your propaganda. My lies, my is, propaganda. The fact is, Americans the are the biggest criminals, are the biggest the criminals in the world today. They are bombing Muslims, they're occupying our land. Yes, I believe in the Sharia. I believe sovereignty belongs Thank to God. You. And the Sharia will, Thank come, you. Sharia will come to and America. You think, will and the you believe today. in virgins and in it will heaven, remove don't you? The corruption. It will remove the corruption of democracy but. and freedom and uh, all of your exploitation. Yep. You are worried because you know Islam is coming to your backyard. And oh. you cannot tolerate that.
0: Well, now that Muslim cleric, Um, Umjim Chaudhary is planning a protest outside the White House. He's calling on Muslims to establish Sharia law in America. And joining me now from London is Mr. Chaudhary. Good morning to you.
8: Yes, good morning.
0: Now, I understand that you're calling for this protest at the White House on March 3rd, so you're going to come to this country, and what are you going to say at this protest?
8: Well, uh, first of all, let me thank you for having me on your program. It's always a pleasure to be able to introduce uh, Islam and to talk about this uh, great religion. Uh, We are going to, inshallah, invite the Muslims Muslims and the non-Muslims in America to talk about Islam as an alternative to the freedom, democracy, and the man-made law that you have at the current time in America, and indeed in the rest of the world. What we find, in fact, is that the revolutions in Muslim countries nowadays, which are rising against oppression, you know, are not rising against uh, oppression because of individuals like Husni Mubarak or Bin Ali, you know, in Tunisia. Rather, we believe as Muslims that the oppression is because people are going away from the divine law and they're making the law up according to their own whims and desires. So it's a call Mm -hmm. to go back to the divine revelation and to implement God's law.
0: But but I'm not so sure that your definition of of Islam is how many uh, members of the Muslim faith who live here in America would describe it because you believe in Sharia law Mm -hmm. And I'm not so sure that every Muslim in America, in fact, I know for sure they don't all agree with that.
8: Well, I, you know, I certainly believe that there is a decline, in fact, you know, in the world today because we don't have the Sharia implemented on state level and therefore there's no education system to teach people mm-hmm. that, in fact, Islam has a solution for all affairs within society. Right. So, you know, many people have become secularized because they live in the West and, you know, this is no surprise that they don't have this call for the Sharia but it is part of Islam. Islam is right. not a religion let me, let which is confined you this, to the mosque. Do, do, yes. do you
0: find it ironic that you can come to this country and have that kind of protest where we honor open and free speech like that? But if you went to, to try and do that in countries where they practice Sharia law, you would not be able to do that?
8: Well, you know, ironically, there's no country in the world today which implements the Sharia. In fact, some of the most barbaric and tyrannical regimes are those in Muslim countries. And uh, the I'm, sad I'm thing of is of that Iran. they've been propped up, as you well know, by the, uh, by the Americans and the British and others because of their own interests in those countries.
0: Well, I'm thinking of Iran, where they do practice Sharia law, and uh, mm-hmm. we've seen what happens when people try to protest there. <clears throat> Let me ask you about another topic, because well, in the last couple of weeks here in the United States, there have been two churches here, Christian churches, who have said that they would open their doors to Muslims for worship. Would you allow uh-huh. Christians to come into your mosque?
8: Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. I mean, the mosque, uh, you know, in Islam have always been places which have been open for anyone to come in to uh, study about Islam, to have refuge there. There have, been, there have been universities, there have been hospitals. You know, the mosque is not just a place where people come and pray. So certainly mm-hmm. our doors are always open for non-Muslims to discover the truth. But, you know, I would say that, uh, you know, it, I don't think that on a local level we can provide a solution for the problems that uh, America faces. If you look in the history of uh, the relationship between Muslims, and non-muslims if you go back for example to places like Lebanon and Syria, the Sharia was implemented and the mosques and the synagogues and the churches are still in existence for over a thousand years. that means it was never our policy to destroy the churches and the synagogues.
1: okay, so I wanted to stop it at that point. I just wanted to say he says that their intention was never to destroy the synagogues and churches. That's a lie. One of the most historical And largest churches, and it's not the Vatican, is St. Sophia in Istanbul. That is the most ancient, most elaborate, most amazing piece of Christianity's history. And they have converted it into a mosque. Fathom that. But one thing, and you know, she slayed him really well is is that he was coming from another country to our country to tell us what our law should be. And he made it clear that Islam isn't just at the mosque. Sharia is Islam. And if people don't understand that because this is Takiya in full effect, not by him, he's being straightforward. But Takiyah is where they tell you we're peaceful, but we want to change your laws. Why? Because Sharia is the best way to go. So here's where we're going to go to Oklahoma, where there was a push by a group to ban Sharia law on a state level again, eight years ago. And listen to this woman that is leading the fight who herself used to be a Muslim, what she has to say.
6: It was a preemptive strike.
5: Our goal is to pass it in every state we can, and we will do everything in our power using all our resources to make sure we send a very strong message to radicals living within our midst.
6: Bridget Gabriel leads a lobby group with 175,000 members. She says they're exercising their freedom of speech to protect Muslim women in America from Sharia law. She uses an assumed name and has received her own hate mail
5: being an islamophobe is not an irrational fear we are dealing with terrorists living among us trying to blow us up whether we want to acknowledge it or not
1: okay did you hear that we are living amongst terrorists that want to blow us up whether we like it or not whether we like it or not and i want to remind you guys of the time that Lawrence O'Donnell kicked Orly Tate's office show when she said that President Obama's point in going into office, showing evidence of what is going on, was the point of Sharia, and he was sticking to the birther. Now listen to this. This was really heated, but listen.
6: Inch of room. For any sane doubt about the time and the place of Barack Obama's birth or his parentage or the fact that he is a natural-born citizen of the United States of America, are you now ready to apologize for the crusade that you have mounted against those simple truths?
5: Well, I hope I will have... I hope I will have time to respond, which I did not have uh, an opportunity to to do before. (laughs) We know how long
0: she can go on and I believe
5: that Obama's statement today uh, is nothing but a preemptive strike. We do have a court hearing coming Monday morning, (laughs) 9 o'clock in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. And the reason he is By the way, if you can
9: see Lawrence O'Donnell's face at this point, I mean, he is completely just awestruck by what is taking place. And now—
1: and now let me just say, that was the David Pakman show, one of the biggest leftist loony people I have ever heard on the, on the air quote air. Um, and he mocked her when she was showing actual evidence of, his, of Obama's selective service documents that indicate that he is not an American citizen. But to just end this, we're going to take this to Minneapolis because Minneapolis is a pain point. I'll probably skip through it certain portions. It's a four minute clip. I'm going to take it down to two, but just listen to it. It's a Amy Horowitz digital short.
3: This is the Cedar Riverside neighborhood of Minneapolis. It's known for the University of Minnesota, phenomenal ethnic food, and the export of American fighters to the terrorist groups ISIS and Al Shabaab. In fact, It's reported that dozens of young Muslims from this community have gone to fight for these organizations. So we hit the street to find out what is going on. Yeah, of course, if you're a Muslim. He he can make his daughter marry somebody. Sharia law, yes. You prefer uh, Sharia law over American law? Of course, yeah. Of course, yeah. And do you find most of your friends uh, feel the same way? Yeah, of course. If you're Muslim, yeah. he time. can make his daughter marry somebody. Yeah, he can. Yeah, he can. He has the authority, you know. The authority. To that. Yeah, to do that. Yeah. yeah. So here, how young do you think it's okay? Uh, yeah, 15. How do you feel when, when this whole controversy with the Prophet Muhammad and people depicting the Prophet in cartoons? How does the whole thing make you feel? That really pisses me off. You know what I mean? Because it's, I mean, they know it's a button to push.
2: Uh, that makes me
0: angry. And. Uh... It's just that These are all Somali gets, immigrants. Like, the big freedom, and then they don't see that they, they, they're, the freedom, that they're getting, is causing a problem. Uh, it's it's and hatred
2: for other people.
3: Would it be legal in America to make fun of the Prophet Muhammad?
2: Definitely, yeah.
3: Do you think we should make a law that makes it illegal to, uh, to, to?
2: That would be better. Yeah, that would be better. Really? Uh, yeah. To stop, you know, yeah. uh, aggression. I was so upset
8: and I was so mad. They insulted our
3: religion, they insulted our prophet, and we couldn't take it. And they way. shouldn't be allowed to do that.
8: Oh my God! Big time, yes.
3: Do you understand the motivation behind the people then, who who strike out violently against people who depict the prophet Muhammad? Yeah, I understand totally where you're coming from. Yeah. You understand why they feel motivated to do that? Yes, because when you when
9: you when you every day you face frustration and you know. Uh, every day
3: you have, uh, um, uh, you know, you're mad or
8: somebody say that or you feel hate yourself. You can do anything you want. You, you, you commit suicide. You don't care because you, you your heart, your heart is telling you, I don't want to live no more because you, you couldn't take that much hate
3: or you, 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 you kill someone. In a way, they kind of deserved it.
8: Yeah. Yeah. No,
3: every action has a consequence. Is it right to kill somebody who insults Muhammad? Yeah, because she is just, uh, she had the religion, I understand, but she shouldn't pick up the prophet, you know? So you understand why people would want to attack her? Yeah. If you had a choice, would you yeah. rather live here or would rather live in the Muslim country? I'd rather live in a Muslim country with my people. Would you prefer to live in America or prefer to live in Somalia? For me, I think it's Somalia. Would you rather so live then why in America are they here? I'd rather live in Somalia. I'm not Americanized. I just, I just speak fluent, and I'm, you know what I mean. I'm articulate. And I can articulate what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean. That's about it. But other than that, I mean, as far as my.
1: Okay, guys, did you hear that? So they were saying it's okay to kill someone if they're, you know, uh, criticizing Islam and Muhammad. And then they're saying that they'd prefer to live in Somalia. Then why did you come here through Lutheran social services on our dime, on our tax money to come here? Why? The answer is simple. To implement their Sharia into our nation. Now, right after the break, we will have Laura Loomer with us. I will be opening up the line so you guys can call in and ask questions at 215-TOP-TALK. We will see you soon in just a bit. Welcome back. Um, I'm your host, Tori, and today is our Wednesdays with Laura Loomer. We have Laura Loomer with us to give us an update on what she's working on, where we can discuss this uh, increasingly uh, crazy, creeping Sharia that from the previous half hour, I was just playing for you clips since 1989. They've been telling you what they are doing they have been in your face about it that they are here for sharia and we heard the minneapolis the the, the refugees brought in here by lutheran social services to minneapolis that organization that in 2008 received 28 million dollars to build a new facility to do just one thing bring in uh, These refugees that you heard with their own mouth say that they would be preferable, it would be preferable to them to live in Somalia rather than the United States. So the question should be, then why are you here? And as we see, the answer is to implement Sharia and make America Muslim. Uh, Laura, um, thank you for being here. I know you have a busy day, but you have a lot of people that are very eager right now to listen to you and find out what's going on. That Wall Street Journal uh, article about how CARE an actual domestic terrorist group uh lobbied to silence you welcome
10: thanks so much for having me yeah it's been a crazy 24 hours to say the least and uh if you haven't heard the news wall street journal yesterday a great investigative journalist by the name of kirsten grind broke a huge story uh, that shows that CARE, the Council on American-Islamic Relations, which has been designated as an Islamic terrorist organization in the UAE and was found by federal judges in 2009 here in this country to have uh, been financially aiding Hamas, which is an Islamic CARE group that kills Jews, was lobbying with Twitter and Facebook to get me banned. And so a representative from CARE by the name of Zahra Bilou, who is a self-admitted jihadist and advocate for Sharia, went to Twitter and told them that uh, she wanted and Care wanted me to be banned from Twitter because of my reporting that exposes jihadists and Sharia advocates in America, especially my reporting on Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib and Keith Ellison, who are the Muslim officials now in Congress in Minnesota's AG. And so Twitter said, sure, no problem, and banned me. They banned me, a Jewish journalist, because a hamas tied terror org wanted a Jewish journalist banned. And so it's, it's an explosive story, and, you know, it just confirms everything I said when I handcuffed myself to Twitter, that these companies are, in fact, upholding Sharia law, and they are working alongside terrorists. And people called me crazy, and they called me a conspiracy theorist, and they said that, you know, that I had no justification for what I was saying, but now the Wall Street Journal is, in fact, confirming what I've been saying all along. And... It's very concerning because uh, the article not only is about care, but it talks about how the SDLC has been lobbying to uh, destroy Gavin McGinnis' life, and Gavin McGinnis is now suing the SBLC. And it talks also about how these different organizations have been brought in as advisors to silence uh, conservatives and, and tell these tech companies who they should and shouldn't be banning. And so it just confirms, yet again, the bias exercised by these social media companies, and it's further evidence that Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg committed perjury when they testified under oath before Congress that they were not censoring conservatives, because this Wall Street Journal piece confirms that they indeed are censoring conservatives.
1: Right. And, you know, before you came on, I played a clip from almost eight years ago, um, you know, where they... They literally were coming here to lobby for Sharia law to be implemented in states. Now, we've seen Minneapolis uh, overrun by uh, these um, refugees that wish to have Sharia law implemented. And I played them a clip on an Amy Horowitz short that was actually aired on Fox. And uh, that's where they were being asked— you know, do you think we need Sharia law? should we have sh- and they all said yes, and there was a woman that was interviewed and she said yes the the father always have the has the right to marry off the daughter uh, she was being pushed to ask you know what's the issue she's like, all right fine, whatever like fifteen I guess these are the people that voted Ilhan Omar who committed immigration fraud um and um you know uh wishes to 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 implement sharia how I believe that Minnesota, and I'd like your opinion because you've been there many, many times, and for me, it's my neighboring state. Lutheran Social Services uh, expanded uh, in the past six years in Minnesota to bring out Ilhan Omar, and I see the same thing happening in this red state of North Dakota, which is scary because now they even have an AG that is Muslim-friendly who sets the tone of law in his state, which means we could possibly see Sharia implemented, right?
10: Right. Well, and that's exactly what Keith Ellison wanted to do. He he was talking about how when he was running for attorney general, one of his first uh, line items was going to be to import 100,000 more Islamic uh, refugees, right? And they're not really refugees. If you look at the word refugee, well, a refugee is an individual who uh, seeks asylum in the nearest location of geographical distance uh, in order to escape a uh, you know, a very trying political situation. Uh, And in order to qualify for that status, your life has to be essentially unlivable in the country that you're currently living in. And if you look at the geography of, of, of Africa or the Middle East, for example, right? I mean, I'm sorry, but the United States, Minneapolis, Hennepin County, Minnesota is not the closest location geographically from Somalia that would accept these individuals. So they're not refugees, right? These are immigrants. These are opportunists. These are people who want to take advantage of our system, people who want to come to our country and terrorize Americans and implement Sharia law. They refuse to assimilate. They are taking advantage of our social services. They are taking advantage of, of interfaith organizations that are essentially perpetuating this eternal sense of victimhood that these Muslim organizations and these Islamic refugees um, have have essentially adopted in order to make people feel bad and, and kind of uh, promote their plight and promote their struggle. And it's toxic. It's toxic to the American way of life. And this is what Keith Ellison represents and what he wants to support, along with Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib. I mean, if you are representing Americans and you are an American attorney general, why is your first um, order of business to basically attend to Islamic Islamic refugees, right, so-called refugees. And why is it to impeach the president and challenge him on his immigration matter? I mean, Minnesota is in a very dangerous situation right now because not only did they elect a pro-Sharia, uh, a pro-sharia attorney general who has been uh, declared in the past as the Muslim of the year by CARE, which, as I already mentioned, is a designated Islamic terrorist organization, but uh, this is a guy who who also um, has been accused by multiple women of of domestic violence, right? Yeah, but that's allowed in Sharia,
1: right? That's allowed in Sharia. You're allowed to beat your women.
10: Yes, right, it is. And then he's also working hand-in-hand with this new uh, sheriff in Hennepin County who is the first gay sheriff who uh, wants to abolish ICE. So let me, just, let me just ask people, how do they imagine this situation going down? You have an attorney general who is essentially the top cop in Minnesota, right? He is the top cop. Mm-hmm. He is in charge of uh, directing law enforcement and police as to how they should carry out their business and, and enforce the law in Minnesota. And then this is a guy who's a, who's a jihadi. He's a Sharia advocate. He's in bed with the Muslim Brotherhood. He pals around with Linda Sarsour, and he's a Muslim himself. And then he's working with a sheriff who wants to ban ICE. Well, let's look at what's going on in Minnesota, right? Several years ago, and, and these are stories that are not reported by the mainstream media, of course, because they never tell you the truth about Islam. They never, never tell you the truth about the crimes committed by the Muslim immigrants.
1: Right, but well, but, but one thing, you before have- you get to that, in Minnesota, just so people know, Lutheran Social Services gets millions of dollars from the state of Minnesota and the federal government to go and seek refugees. And remember, yes. in Somalia, the only actual people that can be classified as refugees are the Christian Somalis but they're bringing the Muslim yep. somalis that's a note and wow. we also have a caller when you're done that's excited to speak with you go ahead
10: right and so what i was what i was alluding to is that uh, let's look at what's going to happen now that you have a muslim attorney general who wants to abolish ice and a sheriff who wants to abolish ice you have so many instances in minnesota of these Somali immigrants uh, going overseas to join ISIS, recruiting for ISIS, uh, radicalizing individuals in mosques in Minnesota. There was a Somali immigrant who stabbed a woman 14 times in Minnesota last year, and it didn't get any media attention whatsoever. Right? You have Somali stabbing people at the Mall of America and shouting Allahu Akbar. Right? You have so many instances of terror-related crimes taking place in Minnesota. Well. Who, what is the agency that deals with terrorist organizations, right? What is the agency that deals with this? What is the agency that deals with and removes and deports immigrants who are in America committing acts of terror or um, organizing uh, criminal or terror-related activities? Ice. What is the organization? ICE. It's ICE, of course. ICE. ICE. It's ICE, of course, right? It's ICE. So if you have a sheriff and an attorney general Who are supposed to work together to enforce the law to keep people in Minnesota safe, and they want to ban ICE. Well, and they're also pro-Muslim and pro-Sharia, and under Sharia, uh, Muslims are encouraged to carry out jihad against non-believers, and these acts of terrorism are accepted in Islam, right? Who is going to get these people off the street? Who's going to get the people off the street?
1: Well, we see we're going to have Minnesota. Get the people off the street. I mean, nobody,
10: nobody's going to get the people off the street, and I have already had. Officers in Minnesota, officers in Minnesota, and their family members contact me anonymously uh, through my tip line. People have contacted me and told me their concerns for their safety, and they have been given orders to stand down in these Muslim communities. You know, there's a community in Minnesota called Little Mogadishu, and they call it Little Mogadishu, like Mogadishu, Somalia, because it's essentially a Somali community that has been totally infiltrated and taken over by Somali immigrants, and. Officers have been told and directed by the, uh, by the prior sheriff, and I assume probably this new sheriff as well, and now Keith Ellison, I'm sure you can, you can expect an extension of this, uh, this order, to stand down and not arrest Somalis who commit crimes in this area, because they literally have Sharia police. They have officers who are implementing Sharia in these communities. They walk around in orange vests that say Sharia police, and they're, they're implementing Sharia law. And they're, like, writing people tickets who violate Sharia law in Minnesota.
1: Right. And, and I so mentioned that. And,
10: village-
1: right. I mentioned that. But, see, no uh, journalist in Minnesota will dare to write about that. They can lose their jobs. I've communicated with people that work for things like the Star, the Forum, you know, and other local news agencies. And they're just really told you're not allowed to talk about it. That's incredible.
10: Yeah, I know. They really are told. They are told, and they don 't want to talk about it either, because care essentially it's like a Muslim mafia I mean they will come for you if you if you repeat this, and there is a very evil man by the name of Jaylani Hussein who's the head of care in Minnesota, and he's a very, very evil man i mean this is the guy who, uh, you know, he he has obviously sold his soul. He's a soulless individual. He works for, for CARE, like I've mentioned before. And I'm going to keep repeating this because a lot of people don't know, and it's through repetition that you educate the masses. People need to understand that CARE is a terrorist organization. The United Arab Emirates has designated CARE as an Islamic terrorist organization, All right, and they were found by a federal judge to be tied to Hamas. This guy represents CARE in Minnesota. He works alongside uh, keith ellison i mean he has literally been placed on uh t- i believe his name is tim waltz right is that the, that's the new government right yeah on his advisory board advisory board for for rolling out the new governor's uh plan
1: which would include so why sharia do a, why
10: do you have a which is obviously going to have a sharia element mm-hmm. to it because you have the sharia advocate who works for a designated islamic terrorist organization Organization now consulting the new governor of Minnesota, and if you're consulting the governor of Minnesota, well, then you're probably also consulting the uh, the new sheriff and all of the other uh, agencies. And Jelani Hussein is is friends with with um with Ilhan Omar and Keith Ellison. Ilhan Omar is the new congresswoman from Minnesota, and Keith Ellison, of course, is the attorney general. Yeah. So Minnesota is gone, right? It, it is. It it's, is. And then and people who live in North Dakota need to worry because of course it's right on the border. I mean, this is a this is a state of emergency. This is very concerning and unfortunately the mainstream media doesn't want to report on this. I mean, for Christ's sake, the Star Tribune this is a story I broke. The Star Tribune literally has a mural of Ilhan Omar hanging in their office. Exactly. And they had a mural of her in their office during campaign season. I mean, that is a conflict of interest, and that is extreme media bias. Ilhan Omar was running for office. Why does, a, why does one of the main papers in Minnesota, one of the main media publications in the state of Minnesota, have a giant mural of a Muslim candidate, uh, the Democrat candidate, hanging in their office? Well, they in- refused to report on the evidence that shows that she married her brother— Uh, They refused to hold her accountable for her support of female genital mutilation. They refused to ask her why she voted against legislation that would have halted insurance payouts to the family members of terrorists. I mean, why is this woman even in Congress? She's a total Jew hater. I mean, she's affiliated with terrorist organizations. uh, And they're just creating a very dangerous situation for the people of Minnesota. People people really need to... uh, need to be aware of this stuff and it's 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 a crisis you know when you have this information that really honestly it's a safety risk at this point in time and the mainstream media is intentionally withholding it and distorting facts in order to present these people with ties to terrorist organizations as heroes and icons
1: Right well, you know uh, the the thing with Minnesota, like i 've said before, and I've, and yeah. you know you and me have talked about this because this is a nationwide issue. We have Lutheran social services that is funded by specific divisions of the State Department and by the states where it resides in to literally bring thousands of these people from Somalia and Fargo, North Dakota is the neighboring, I would say, major city that's doing the same thing. And they start slowly. Like Fargo Police Department has a cultural officer who intervenes whenever one of these, um, you know, people commit a crime. Uh, and usually their crimes are rape or a gross sexual imposition of a minor. Uh, you know, these are the crimes that they're committing. They're heinous if you think about it. Um, Laura, we have a caller on the line who says that he would like to talk about the Islamic uh, – Islam in the Islamic Republic of Afghanistan. Caller, are you there?
9: Yes, this is Joe Poole, and I'm calling about the United States establishment of Islam in the Islamic Republic of Afghanistan. And we're doing that $70 billion a year.
1: What do you mean? Elaborate on that. Are we funding it? Okay, is well, that well, the First Amendment
9: – the First Amendment says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibit the freedom thereof. In the Islamic Republic of Afghanistan, and that's the key words, the Islamic Republic of Afghanistan, which the mainstream media will never use, the Islamic Republic of Afghanistan, uh, we are spending $70 billion a year uh, defending, protecting, establishing the Islamic Republic of Afghanistan. Since the year 2004, Uh, this is ongoing. Uh, Nobody knows about it uh, pretty much except me. I sued the U.S. government, uh, Joe Poole versus Trump. And uh, yeah, you know, he's the president, so I have to sue him to stop um, the establishment of Islam with our tax dollars in the Islamic Republic of Afghanistan. It's crazy, but it's true.
1: Joe, listen, right. Joe, you're right. We've been funding it. We've been funding a lot of these Islamic republics, uh, Somalia, the aid that we're giving them. Uh, the president has been talking about this. We're sending billions and trillions yes. of dollars, right, Laura? Right. Right. Well, it's,
10: an absolute, we're not it's even, an absolute – it's an absolute constitutional, constitutional. – Right. We're not even just doing this overseas. We're now – our taxpayer dollars are now funding this stuff in our own communities, and it's uh, not going to be long before the United States becomes an Islamic republic. And it may sound crazy for people listening to hear something like that, but – You know, we already have jihadis in Congress, right? These two jihadi women, Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib, were sworn into Congress. We have Muslim attorney generals. We have uh, Muslim lobby groups, which are now working with big tech companies, and uh, like Amazon, Twitter, Facebook, um, they're working with banking companies to get people suspended. They're trying to Islamify our country. And so, you know, forget about Afghanistan, right? I mean, this is happening here in America, (laughs) This is happening here in America,
9: not just overseas in the Middle East, yes, but it's seventy billion it's four hundred and sixty seven dollars per average income tax return every year goes to our islamification of Afghanistan,
7: and it's not a right. choice look, in Afghanistan exactly. right. if
9: you're born if you're born there, you're Muslim, but you're also the president of the uh, Islamic Republic of Afghanistan must be muslims so that's a freedom of religion violation that we're paying for yeah. two violations of the first amendment uh
10: joe so there's a lot of things that we're paying for that we shouldn't be paying for right and it's crazy that that's what 70 billion dollars you said i wasn't aware of yes it, it's, costing, it's more than 50, we can't even get five billion. 70. we can't even get we can't no, even get no. five billion for a wall we can't even get five billion for a wall right i mean this is ridiculous and this is of course. All supported by the Democrats, all supported by people like Nancy Pelosi and, and Chuck Schumer. right I mean there's a lot of things that we're funding overseas that are a waste of our money that you know like Donald Trump said last night, the wall could easily pay for itself very shortly but um, it's incredible when you look at when you look at how much government waste there is and how much the taxpayers are paying for. And then people want to make a big deal about $5 billion for
1: a wall. Right. And I wanted to say, Joe Poole, um, you just dropped. I think my lines were congested and they all went to zero, Laura, just now. Joe, I would like you to phone in next Tuesday. Let's have a big conversation because I know exactly what you're talking about. And I would like to point out the funds that we've been paying to Iraq and Iran, right. um, uh, you know, Iran, which is key. So call me on Tuesday and let's do a show together. I'd like you and me to exchange notes and uh, talk about this because it's important that we do. Oh, and Joe Poole is on. So Joe, I was going to say, just come back on Tuesday and um, let's talk about this because there's a lot of money. And like Laura said, how come we can't get a wall? Why are we funding not only other countries to implement Islam and to um, roll it out, but also bringing it to, uh, you know, to our country? Ilhan Omar, remember, when she swore in, she violated a 181-year old rule of congress which is what you do not wear headwear no one said anything no one did anything she didn't park her hijab at the door to to yeah. show us that she's going to legislate as an american first you know as supposed a refugee that was offered the opportunity to come here instead she's going to rule with allah and we exactly. saw that with rashida too um so tell us uh we only have about three minutes and i think you have to go don't you today early Right. So tell us uh, what you're doing and what we expect to hear from you.
10: Well, uh, for those of you listening, of course, as you may know, I've been under severe attack by big tech corporations. All of them are trying to silence me. So I need everybody to follow me on my website. You need to subscribe to my website, lauralumer.us, where I can send you email updates and, you know, give you notifications through my email blast. And I'm going to be doing a lot more investigations. I'm trying to raise funds to support my Loomer videos. There's a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of people who you are now seeing in the news who the mainstream media ignores uh, during the election cycle, people who I was trying to blow the whistle about, people like Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib, who uh, I confronted several times, of course. I mean, I even have a police report against Rashida Tlaib because she assaulted me. And these people need to be investigated this year. So... You know, the mainstream media isn't going to investigate them. It's up to me. And so if you want to see more work like this, and if you want to see these people confronted and you want to see them investigated, well, you should support me, right? Because I cannot do this without the support of the people, because this is something that the mainstream media and these, uh, you know, tech companies don't want to get behind. They want to silence it because it is the truth. It goes against their agenda, right? But it is the truth. And so it's very important for the American people to support. So... Uh, thank you so much for having me on again today, and I really look forward to next week's show. Um, we'll and, have more you know, on that. I'm sure there's yeah. going to be a lot more to talk about.
1: I know. And guys, just so you know, um, we're going to be working on this Lutheran, Lutheran social services together uh, to kind of break it out. We've collected enough documentation and statistics. And again, like Laura said, in order for her to continue her journey into exposing exactly what's wrong with our nation and what's going on, you know, you should support her because she is not funded by interests. She is funded by the people. And this is the problem with mainstream media. It's the big tech companies, these big companies right. that, you know, fund them and drive what they want. And, uh, you know, Laura, everyone's really excited to see you. you've you totally blocked all my lines and they're going crazy. Uh, there's a lot of people out there again, go to Laura, Laura dot us and, um, support Laura because she is the boots on the ground. She is our voice in this crazy, um, you know, uh, place that we're living in that we're calling the United States of America that the Democratic Party has decided shouldn't be, uh, you know, protected. And so support her. Right. And, Laura, thank you so much for being here. We'll see you next Wednesday. Thank you. And um, good luck on everything in regards to what's going on with the Wall Street Journal. I can't wait until uh, we can actually call them out for what they've done. And for everyone else, I'll see you here in a bit after the break. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye.
6: It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1 800 707 1219. 1 800 707 1219.
5: Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool. Red State. That's one 9194 Promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with My Pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own.
1: For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Okay. Welcome back, everyone. So Laura had a lot of meetings. Obviously, you can understand that there's a lot going on right now uh, with all that's being published. Uh, you know, uh, like she mentioned, you know, Twitter, uh, you know, went and said that they do not discriminate. They are an open platform, yet now it's coming to light that an organization that is that was actually defined as a domestic terror group or a terrorist organization by the Arab blocs, right? From the United Arab Emirates, right? They said that they are terrorists, are lobbying Twitter to who is allowed and who isn't allowed to speak. Now, we have gotten various emails in regards to the volume dropping. Um, We are rectifying it. While we were on air, we were mitigating the situation and we've determined what the source is. You know, so it's always software. You know, we think that technology makes our lives easier. Sometimes that's not the truth. So, uh, you know, obviously I always upload my shows. Uh, You can listen to it again. Again, remember Wednesdays, every Wednesday with Laura Loomer on updates where we're going to be telling you what she is doing and how you can help and what you can do to help stop this multiple decades plan that has been in in place because they've been telling you what they've been doing. So my phone lines are closed. Um, They crashed with Laura, of course, uh, but that is the actual source of the problem for the volume. So again, I apologize. So here's where I was um, very excited to hear uh, th- this uh, gentleman, Joe Poole, that called in and you know, showed you with one um, statement how we are funding nations, right? We are funding nations that are contrary to our national security. We are funding Islam in all these nations. We are funding the very people that are seeking to destroy our nation. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, that's Islamophobia. And like uh, the woman that you heard uh, in the second half hour of my show, she said, well, there's a merit to that because you cannot have Islam without Sharia. And Sharia means that is the law of God and that is Islam. So Islam actually falls under Sharia. You have to have Sharia to have Islam. Now, if people practice it or they're deviant type Muslims, whatever. But the bottom line is that's the core of their belief. Um, You know, and one would say, well, not all Muslims are bad. No, Uh, no, uh, you could say they're not if they're not really Muslims, because the only people that aren't bad are the ones that are really not Muslims, because Muslims do not accept other religions. Muslims do not approve of what you do. They always look down on you because you are wrong in their eyes always. Um, This doesn't mean we need to ban them. But I think something that was started over a decade ago, which was to lobby, to ban Sharia law from states, is important. And guess what? I think I'm going to start that. I think that's something I need to introduce to my legislators in my state to implement a law that says that Sharia law is not allowed to be implemented in the state of North Dakota. You know, too bad Minnesota can't do that because like Laura pointed out, there's a sheriff that wants to ban ISIS. There's an AG now that wants to ban ISIS. There is one of the a, a terrorists literally advising the governor. And remember, if a governor wants to do something or implement a measure or create some regulations or if there's legislation that needs to be done through their legislators, there's always this one thing that happens. There is an opinion submitted by the attorney general. So when you hear that they have conservatives in their legislators, like they have, you know, Minnesota state senators and, uh, you know, the the state house, you know, that create the laws for the state, um, anything they put forward will be shut down with a simple opinion from the attorney general. This is a war that is so unseen, and in the article where I had written about the executive orders uh, that were issued by Clinton and Bush 43 and uh, by Obama, that same executive order was changed and tweaked and pulled and prodded over decades, slightly, because If you make small changes every now and then, you can change things under someone's nose. And by the time they see it, it's done. It's kind of like think about having a chair in your living room and it's facing north. And then every day you shift it just one degree. It won't be till you get to about 30 to 35 degrees that you'll notice that the chair has has shifted. By that time, it shifted considerably that it's no longer facing north. Do you see what I'm saying? And what they did, like that woman said, is that you need to tackle education. You need to see them as future Muslims because you want to recruit them. You need to, you know... Actually, you know, Takiyah is the way to go. You lie, you say whatever you need to do to have them embrace you. Now, um, I was on uh, the subreddit of Fargo uh, where there was a discussion of, you know, how uh, these, uh, you know, there was a discussion that was posted that says, is Fargo Sharia compliant enough? And, you know, you would think that on Reddit you can state your mind, say what you want, but they literally were foaming at the mouth. And these are people that come from a red state that are gung-ho gun owners calling it racist. And it's like, well, no, the the person was asking, are we Sharia compliant enough? I mean, the New York City, New York City now has, you know, little cop. Like cars, uh, which is called the Mu- Muslim community, you know, service. We know they're in Minneapolis, but you know, the local uh, news will not report it. They're all in there, and they're executing and doing things. They're putting forward Sharia right under our noses, and no one is saying anything. And people were calling it racist that Muslims are good, and it's like, have you seen the statistics? The majority of rape that goes on in these cities where they're bringing in, you know, Somali Muslims as refugees, remember, Somalia is a Muslim-controlled nation. The only refugees... Ideal refugees. And like Laura said, they're supposed to go to a neighboring country. Minneapolis is pretty far, isn't it? And it's not just Minneapolis. There's Lutheran services in Nebraska. There's Lutheran services in Oklahoma. There's Lutheran services in Utah. They're all coming in from everywhere. Coming in under the guise of, uh, um, you know, love and Christ. They're literally using the Lutheran church to purport this. So, They're bringing all these people in as refugees, but they're not really refugees. The real refugees are the Christian Somalis, the ones that are being killed on a daily basis for not abiding by Islam. How the Christians in Somalia wear hijabs and pretend they're Muslim just to survive, even though they're really Christians. And if they are found to have a Bible, found to have a cross, they are stoned, they are slaughtered, they are raped and then slaughtered. It is ridiculous. Yet, for some reason, we're bringing in the ones that are doing the slaughtering into our country and not the actual people that would would define what a refugee is, which means their life is in danger just living there. So it has to make you think. You're working hard for that dollar you just made today. You're working really, really hard. And as you're working, you know that from that $1, 30% of it is going to your government. And almost 28% of that is going to fund things outside of your country that have no interest to you. I don't see what interest we have, as Joe Poole said, to fund Islam in the Islamic Republic of Afghanistan. And you know Afghanistan in the 70s used to be popping. They were okay having, you know, Islam is one of the religions there, Whatever, but women were wearing boots, shorts, booty shorts, everything. They looked hot. They were all partying. Everyone was at, you know, at that time they called them discotheques, you know, out in the club. Um, And it was okay. They were westernized. And then suddenly, Islam. Islam was law. It's Sharia that was implemented. This is what happened to um, Egypt and Alexandria from being the hottest spot, like you would see Mykonos in Greece, it was Alexandria in uh, the 70s, suddenly went boom because they lost that nice balance of, hey, we accept this is like the majority religion, but we're acceptable to other things and it's all a okay. But suddenly this wave in the 70s, late 70s, and remember, I wrote that article. About how Peter Strzok's father was the one that helped overthrow the Iranian government, and, uh, you know, with comedy and all that stuff that happened. So s- suddenly the United States funded all these changes to implement Islam. And under Barack Obama's, Barack Hussein Obama's reign, because it was not a presidency, that was a reign, he funded more countries around the world to implement and enforce Islam. And I've made this notion and I'm saying it again. There is one quid pro quo that no one has talked about that Hillary Clinton participated as secretary of state, but Joe Poole, who I can't wait to have you on Tuesday, you and me are just going to do a show together to analyze this. I'd love to pick your brain on Afghanistan. But I have everything you need in regards to countries like Iran, okay, Sri Lanka, okay. And, uh, well, no, I won't say the other ones. So let's just talk about those two on Tuesday in Afghanistan to just see how that 28 cents for every dollar you make goes to fund them. Because... It was what five, six weeks ago that I said, we need to stop USAID, like shut that whole division down. It's a great thing. The president is pointing it out. We can give trillions to other nations, but we can't pay 5 billion for a wall that would protect us, that would protect our children, that would protect our women, our men, that would protect us from terrorists that are coming through this unmanned border because remember. They can slip by our airports, which are ironclad. So imagine how many of them are slipping by this unmanned border. How many? Tons. Thousands upon thousands lying in wait because it's not just Mexicans coming through the border. See, that is the actual fact. I, could, I would probably go out on, on a limb and say that 40% of them are non-Latino. Because they're coming in undetected. They don't join caravans. They don't. These uh, people coming in from countries that have been designated to be threats to the United States are not going to hitch onto a caravan unless they can blend in. They won't. They're walking through our borders as if it's, you know, nothing. It's not really a border because we don't have one. We have nothing that defines a border. We had... Pelosi and Schumer saying that they want to, you know, reinforce the roads to our ports. Like, okay, let's lay it out in gold so they can find their way to the port. They're not going to go through there. A terrorist is not going to come through your front door. It's going to come through the window. When you're in the house and someone wants to rob you, they're coming in from the back door, not the front door. They're climbing in through a window, not knocking on the door and asking you to come in. You know, sometimes they do, but you know, the majority, right? This is reality. We have terrorists sitting in our country now waiting for the go sign. When is it go time? When do we go? That's what they're waiting for. How does that make you feel? This is, this is important. So one thing I would say is urge every single citizen in every single state to lobby their local representatives to put forward a bill that bans any implementation of Sharia law in your state. Because you know what? The minute I'm off the air, that's the first email that I'm sending. I want to introduce a bill to ban Sharia law from my state. And if it's in my States' legislation, then the federal government can say what they want. It's never being implemented in my state because they did try it in Oklahoma, and uh, it was shot down by an actual judge on appeal. So it's 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 pretty devastating to think about it that people do not want to ban Sharia law. Why would you want Sharia? So they, so the men can have the right to beat women. So you can have 20 wives. So you can marry off your child at the age of nine. To abide by the laws of God, which, you know, go completely against that God. It, the laws are completely against the very foundations of our nations, which is freedom. Under Sharia, if you steal an orange, you lose your hand. These are things that every American should think about when they cast a vote because people cast votes so carelessly that we have insane people like Ocasio in office who, by the way, yesterday I saw had tweeted that some guy came to her office saying he's a third week without any pay and his family is suffering, but he's asking her not to give in. Right, don't give in um, to the wall because of me because I'm suffering. Don't give in, he says. And I'm thinking, is she insane? But yes, she is. And so were seventy five thousand and somewhat people that liked that tweet, because everybody in the federal government got paid at the end of the month. So the twenty seventh of December was the last disbursement. So for those that are affected by the shutdown, aren't getting a paycheck, the first missed paycheck is on the 15th of the month, which will be dispersed. Supposedly, what is it? Next Monday, right? Or something like that? Mm, 10th, 11th, 12th. So it'll be dispersed next Monday. So people will have it latest on the 15th, which is a Wednesday. So that'll be the first missed paycheck. So how does this guy have three weeks of no pay and he's suffering and goes to Ocasio's office and talks to her? This is just how bold they are. They bank on you being dumb. They bank on you not knowing the facts, kind of like what they've been doing for decades. They will lie to your face. They will call you a liar when you speak the truth. They will maim you. They will shame you. They will mudsling as long as you're speaking the truth. Because someone who speaks the truth is the most hated person. You know, in, um, Laura knows this firsthand and so do I, but not as bad as Laura, right? She's more, um, attacked than anyone that I know. Uh, when you speak the truth and you try to hold people accountable that have been elected or have some sort of power that are supposed to be the voice of the people, do you know what happens? The attacks come. They try to silence you. First, they try to shame you. And we've seen that happen to Laura through, through the years, right? Shaming her, uh, mocking her, calling her a liar, calling her crazy, because that's what they like to do. So then usually the people that are doing the calling out work for the people that you're chasing. So, for example, if you're targeting X, Y, Z, um, like f- who was it that was targeting her, um, that was law enforcement, they flipped their CIs to start, you know, a campaign on Twitter, a campaign on Facebook, a campaign on Instagram to, to slander and manufacture information about Laura Loomer. The same has happened to me. The same happens to every single person that speaks the truth. Why? Because they have the power to do that. I mean, only people that can use those six inches between their ears can discern fact from fiction. Fact is, Laura is speaking truth. Fiction is, is that what she's saying is not true, right? They're trying to tell you it's not true, but the facts are there. Minnesota is going to be the first Sharia state in our nation. Mark my words. We are going to see some really radical changes in the next eight months. Because there are petitions out to recall Ilhan Omar. Um, There's a bunch of us working together to see how we can file a complaint and who would prosecute a complaint of... Ilhan Omar marrying her brother to commit immigration fraud. You should not be able to hold office if you, as a refugee, committed such a crime. So there are many aspects that people are missing, but Minnesota will be the prime example. And this is the tipping point. Like the president said when he was running, we are at a point Where we can regain our country, we can move forward, and we can fix what's going on. And it's our choice. We made that choice in 2016 and voted for him. But that's not the only front. There are 50 states. He is working as hard as he can, but we need to work hard too. These are things everyone out there should be thinking about because... You may not feel the full effects of these issues, but your children will. And their children will. And you know how they'll remember you? As the one who was on the wrong side of history. I'm proud. Because if anything, and this doesn't succeed, which I highly doubt because the good guys are way in control. We've been in control, lying and waiting, just like it's been mentioned before. We know... Every single card they have. We have everything we need. And now is the time that we wait for them to make the mistake. See, I will reinforce what I said yesterday, and that is you cannot destroy your enemy by shouting or showing people that wish to be blind the truth. It's like Laura Loomer waved. Police reports, medical reports of beatings of women and no one listened. You wait for that opportune time to let your enemy pull their own pants down in the public eye. It is a time when your enemy will have no choice but to face what they have done. This is what we're seeing our president do now. He is not rushing it. He is not pushing it too fast. He's doing it just right. Because if anything, the presidential address showed you. Who is talking to Americans about issues that concern Americans? That is President Trump. Who was talking to you about concerns that concern them and not Americans? What were they talking about? The government shutdown. Obviously, that tells us that something that's been shut down was a gravy train for them. But what is it? Is it TSA because we suddenly have a spike in people calling in sick? I don't know. Is it federal corrections unions? Because you know who makes money when immigrants are arriving at the border? Do you guys know? And I think this is it, so I'm kind of letting it out of the bag. So when immigrants immigrants we can't call them we have to call them invaders because they're not really immigrants refugees apply and they know they have the right to come and nine times out of ten if you're a legit refugee you are welcomed with open arms in our nation I don't want to hear anything different so these invaders when they come to our border And they need to be housed into a building to sleep, to be tested, to be DNA tested if they're coming with kids, to be checked that they don't have any diseases, to be quarantined, and then to undergo court to see if they do actually qualify for asylum and then be placed somewhere else to either be deported or to be assimilated into our nation, right? All these things cost money. The doctors, the beds, the buildings, uh, the food, the plates, the cups, the sheets, everything. Guess who has those contracts? (laughs) You guessed it. Corrections. So it's correctional facility companies that make a lot of money. The same ones that fund or uh, operate the private prisons because, you know, they're all pretty much privatized. So the people that are losing money we saw today come out and complain. And TSA, you would think, "Mm, no. The only people that would probably be losing money are the ones that are um, hired by the air. not by DHS those are the ones that just look at the scanners and uh, do the waves um, but not the legitimate ones because from every 10 TSA agents you see there's like three that are like super trained right and customs officers for every 10 you see there's like three that are super trained right just lying there so on that note I'd like to say tomorrow, we are having In the Matrix and Shady Grove on air for both hours. Second hour, we'll be taking calls, and I hope that I fix this uh, issue with the sound whenever we take calls. And you can ask them questions, and we'll talk about cue, and they will show you how everything just comes together. It's not a crystal ball. We have everything we need. And until then... I wish you guys a great rest of the day. God bless, and I'll see you tomorrow.